culture is really the way of life for a group of people. The, the shared values and shared behaviors of this group. It's a, it's a way that they live and the things that they hold important in their life and in how they treat other people. And we're talking about family culture. Every single one of us has a family culture, but today we're looking at, is that the kind of way of life that you want for your family? Welcome back to the New Community Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Caleb, and this week we are starting a new series called Hope for Your Home. Now we're talking about how do we be intentional about creating a family culture, engaging the relationships that are close to us, and helping our home to be a safe, healthy, growing, thriving place for our family, for our community. And today we're talking about family culture. So if we're intentional about the culture that we create in our family, then we can help our family to be healthy and growing and thriving for generations to come. This kind of legacy, it lasts if we're intentional about it. And so I'm glad that you're here because this message is really challenging and really great for helping us to build an intentional, healthy family culture. because we are kicking off this new series today called Hope for Your Home. And I don't think it's any surprise, right, that we all need a little bit of hope this year. We all need a little bit of help with our home. Um, All of us find relationships a little bit difficult, right, if we're being honest. Um, And it doesn't matter if that's work relationships, if it's home relationships, but this year has been a little bit tougher than, than normal. And so I'm really excited about this series. We're going to get very practical, and every week we're going to be digging a little bit deeper into how we can build healthy cultures and healthy relationships within our home. And so let me give this disclaimer. This is a kind of series where often people who are single, people who are younger, people who are older empty nesters go, yeah, this one's not for me, like checking out a little bit. Not the case, okay? Um, Whether you are in a later season of life or an earlier season of life, whether you're a student, okay, or you're a parent, regardless of where you sit in your life, there are things in this series that are going to speak to you, I promise. And so you're not going to want to miss a week. You're going to want to invite some people alongside of you to come or to participate in worship online with us because we're going to get digging into some really helpful themes during this series, Hope for Our home. And so we're going to have tough conversations, okay? We're going to talk about having healthy boundaries in our homes. We're going to talk about how to live a good, strong, single life. So if you're single, uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what that looks like because that's still a vital part of having a healthy spiritual life and a healthy relationship with those in our home. And I want to tell you, I know that for some of us, this year has been extra difficult because we've been in close quarters, right? (laughs) I don't know if any of us ever could have foreseen a time where we would literally be locked inside our house with our family, like no escape. Uh, There were weeks there, right, where we couldn't even like, you know, just go to the grocery store, go to the park, everything was shut down. And so you find out what rises to the top under tension, right? Like when you're locked into the house, you all of a sudden discover 
oh, you know, I thought we had dealt with that a couple years ago, but we did not. And it is coming out now. It's getting real. So it's been difficult for some of us for that reason. Some of us, on a more sensitive side, it's been difficult because we've lost family this year. It's been a hard year. Many, many of us have experienced loss this year. And some of it's related to COVID and some of it is not, but regardless, it's been hard. And going through loss, especially in a time like this where we're not able to be together, we're not able to sit around together and mourn together, we're not able to be in in hospital rooms with our family members, it's hard, y'all. It's really hard. So we're not going to skirt the issues. We're not going to jump over the hard stuff. We're going to talk about all of that together. And I just want to encourage you to engage and feel the feelings, okay? If it gets tough for you and you're crying, you're crying. If it gets exciting and you're laughing, you're laughing. But let's engage in this topic together because we're going to see in the scriptures that family and home is extremely important to God, extremely important to God. He created the family. He created this institution from the very beginning, and it is his, and he cares for it and wants us to engage. So just a a few uh, little stats about this. You all know this probably, but the poverty rate's up 25%, you guys. I sat at a homeless ministry here in Dallas this week, and they said last year at this time, we were seeing about 30 to 40 new homeless people a week. We're now at 100 and 150 a week. Poverty is high. And it's not just among single people or older people or veterans, it's everyone is experiencing financial difficulty, 10 million people without a job, it's crazy. 1.1 million kids have dropped out of school this year because of COVID, because of how difficult education has gotten. This is a difficult time. So what do we do during difficult times? We go to the word of God, we see what wisdom he has to offer us and we lean into it and learn from it, and we start to just be that light in our communities, amen? So that's what we're gonna do, that's what we're gonna do today. Now on a lighter side, I was looking up just some, some you know, interesting quotes, thoughts about family, and uh, so George Burns says, happiness is having a large, loving, caring, close-knit family in another city. <laughs> Mary Carr says, I think a dysfunctional family is any family with more than one person in it. Very, very true. Or George Bernard Shaw, when our relatives are at home, we have to think of all their good points or it would be impossible to endure them. Very, very true, right? Like you start to discover the things, the little things that you can appreciate about each other. Families are tough. Home life is tough. It takes a lot of work to live in healthy relationships. And so as we go through this series again, I want you to think about this. Maybe this is not an attractive topic for you. It's like algebra. All right, maybe you don't feel like you need it now, but that doesn't mean you won't need it later. All right, and maybe you don't think you need it now, but somebody at your work needs this tomorrow. Somebody that you're gonna interact with is gonna need to hear some of this truth. So take notes, okay? If you don't have kids yet, take notes, y'all. If you are a student, take notes because you're gonna need this information as you continue to move through your life or maybe someone else in your life needs it. So today we're honing in on creating a family culture, creating a family culture. What is a culture? Culture has this, this you know, big meaning and different to everybody, but in general, culture is just a shared group of norms and behaviors and beliefs that makes people a group together. It's, it's how we behave together. And every family kind of has its own culture. 
You have your own foods that you share, you know, around certain holidays. You have your own way of celebrating. You have your own way of fighting. You have your own way of dealing with everything. So how do we make sure that we're creating a healthy family culture that lines up with the word of God? That's what we're going to dig into. And so we're going to start by looking at how to create a legacy to impact generations. Creating a legacy to impact generations. So if you would open your Bibles to the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis, we're going to start in chapter 12, and you're going to see here the story of Abraham, and again, all of you, I encourage you, engage with the scriptures, pull out your Bible, pull out your phones, pull out a tablet, and let's engage with scripture together. We're going to start here looking at, at Abraham, and Abraham's a character that many of us know very, very well, and you know his story that he starts out in this land, and he's doing pretty well for himself. He's pretty wealthy. Um, he has a huge uh, group of people who work for him, and, and he has an expanse, lots of possessions, okay? And God comes to him and says, I've got more for you. i got more for you than just what you see here. He says things like, I'm going to make you into a great nation in Genesis chapter 12. Just a, a couple chapters later, 15, chapter 5, he says, I'm, I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as the stars. So he comes to Abraham and he says, I know what you've got looks great, but I've got more for you. I'm going to give you a legacy. What you have right now, it might live a little bit longer than you. I'm going to help you create a legacy that is going to last generation to generation to generation, thousands of years. This is God's vision for Abraham's family, and it's God's vision for your family too, that we would create a legacy for generations to come. He doesn't promise Abraham just land or riches or kingdom. He does tell him he's going to give him land, but it's for his generations. The legacy is beyond that. He's giving himself to Abraham and to Abraham's family. Then if you flip over a little bit to Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, God is, is talking to Moses, Moses is talking to God, and Moses says, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what's his name? What, what should I tell them? So we know this, this portion of the story, right? God has come to Moses and saying, Moses, I want you to go to Egypt. I want you to lead my people out. And Moses is like, hold on a second. If they ask me, like, who sent me here? What am I supposed to tell them? What's your name? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me. He speaks to Moses. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why does he use that language. Why doesn't he just leave it as I am who I am? Why mention Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? It's the legacy. He is known by the, the legacy, the family that he has attached himself to. So he spends the next couple of chapters doing like a 23andMe commercial where he's going through a so-and-so begot so-and-so and so-and-so begot so-and-so and so-and-so begot so Why does God care so much? Because this is a legacy. It's passed down from generation to generation to generation. It could have stopped with Abraham. Abraham could have chosen not to pass on a legacy to his generations that came after. He could have. 
and we can too. But that was not God's vision for Abraham's family. And so look what happens years, years later, God is calling himself by their family name. Have you thought about your generations that are to come after you? And let me just say here, this has little to do with biology. There are so many people who have influenced my life that I carry their legacy in me that I am not related to. You can have a spiritual legacy with no biology. You can. It's all up to you. But have you thought about what you want to leave when you're gone? All of us have this limited amount of time on earth. What do we pass on that goes beyond what people see in us? How do we pass on and create a legacy that's going to last for generations? Whenever I think about legacy and whenever our family thinks about legacy, it is not a stretch to say there is one person who comes to our minds, and that is Aaron's dad. We call him Poppy. In fact, if Gabriel, if you would stand up, will you come up here really quick so people can see this on the screen? So Gabriel just, he didn't know we were going to talk about this today, but he happened to wear this shirt. This, if you've never seen him, this is Aaron's dad. <laughs> and, um, and Aaron's dad passed away this last year. We're almost hitting a year. And the men of his church created these shirts, and they wore them to his memorial service. And Aaron's dad symbolizes legacy. He just symbolizes legacy to us. Thank you so much. You can go grab a seat. Because he spent his life passing things on to other people. In fact, I did this interview with him as part of my master's degree. Gosh, I'm glad I take really good notes. If you know me, you know I'm constantly taking notes. Almost every single meeting, you're going to see me typing on my phone or my tablet. And I took detailed notes of my conversation with him. And when we lost him, I went back to all of these notes, and it was so meaningful to me. And one of the things he said to me, at the end of this interview, I was asking him about leadership, and I said, is there anything else you want to share? And he said, yeah. He said, I think that the, the generation that I'm a part of is missing it right now. He said, I feel like I'm holding a treasure box that I have to give away before I die. Because if not, it dies with me, and I can't handle that. I feel like I'm constantly looking for opportunities to give away the wisdom, give away the knowledge, give away the lessons that I've learned, everything that I have, everything that I've learned in my life, I want to give that away and leave a legacy. So this is one of our last pictures that we had with him, and I'm, I'm so thankful that I, I thought to take it. I, I don't know why I did, but I did. And this is, this is Poppy's legacy. These kids all surrounding him, praying for him, are going to live on and they're going to carry this legacy onto their children and their children's children. This is what legacy looks like. It looks a whole lot less about what we want and a whole lot more about what we can give to other people who are going to come after us. That's how we create a legacy for generations to come. We give away we give stuff away. We give away our wisdom. We give away our lessons. We start investing the best of ourselves into others, into those that are younger, those that are coming after us, whether they're related to us or not. We pass on a legacy. We also, we also need to create a family culture intentionally. We need to create a family culture by using intentional thought and intentional means. So if you look in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. It says this, Hear, O Israel, 
The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You'll teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand and they'll be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This became a statement that the Jewish culture has memorized and says to themselves over and over. In fact, when I went to Israel, I, I got to see the little door plates that they put on their doors, and they never walk in or out of a door without kissing it, and there's a little scroll in there with this scripture on it because this was so meaningful that they were going to create a culture within their homes with this in mind that Every single thing, I love the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, all my might, and I'm going to teach this to my children and to other people's children in my community that it's when I'm in my house and when I'm walking and when I'm laying and when I'm sitting and when I'm eating and anything that I'm doing, I'm passing this on. This is our culture of our home, that we are going to be teaching and passing these things on. See, you can say what you want but you reproduce what you are. You get what you repeat. And so what is the culture of your home? Is this the culture? The culture, according to the word of God, that we pass on this wisdom and this love, that this is more than just religion, and it's more than just coming to church every single week and checking off a box. It's something that we've internalized, that we talk about. In our house, sometimes what this looks like is when you get into trouble, the scripture's coming out. Okay, because what we're going to do is we're going to show you that this is not just an Escamilla rule. This is a God rule of nature. This is how we're, what we're learning from. This is where we go when things get difficult. We go to the word of God. It's the truth that we build our lives upon. There's this beautiful illustration, kind of scary illustration, of Jonathan Edwards and Max Jukes. Have you guys seen this or heard about this before? Two men that grew up around the same time in the same area that have very very different legacies because of the cultures that they built. So Jonathan Edwards, you probably know who he is, okay? In his legacy, there's one U.S. vice president, one dean of a law school, one dean of a medical school, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 30 judges, 60 doctors, not done, 65 professors, 75 military officers, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, 100 clergymen, and 285 college graduates. Woo! That's legacy. Jukes has a legacy, too. Seven murderers, 60 thieves, 190 prostitutes, 150 other convicts, 310 people who lived in poverty, 440 who were physically wrecked by addiction to alcohol. Of the 1,200 descendants that were studied, 300 died prematurely. This is the power of culture. What we make consistent in our homes is what people, what our kids, what other people that live with us that see us, that's what they're going to repeat. So what are you repeating in your home? What is the culture? What comes out of your mouth when things get difficult? That's what's going to come out of your kids' mouths too. Okay? How do you behave when someone cuts you off in traffic? Because <laughs> that's how your kids are going to behave whenever they drive. Like, you see it. Okay, whenever I, I learned this, I worked for a marriage and family therapist in college, and she taught me, she said, if you ever see something in your kid or a kid, your, your baby, I was a nanny. She's like, a kid's your nannying, that you're around a lot. If you see something in another person you're around a lot that bothers you, 
you probably have that in common. So true, okay? Just look a little bit behind the veil, and if something bothers you about one of your kids or one of your relatives, you probably do that too at some level, maybe a little differently. But we, we repeat things that are normative in our culture. What kind of culture are you going to create? It's something like this. It's called the five-generation rule. How a parent raises their child, the love they give, the values they teach, the emotional environment they offer, the education they provide, it influences not only their children, but the four generations to follow. This is scientifically studied. What you do, what your norms are, they are not just influencing the people around you. Think four generations past. Again, think beyond biology. Think just the people you're around. What you do is repeated to a powerful number. So we need to be intentional about this. Many of us work for businesses that have a mission statement, a vision statement, right? Many of our businesses have core values. You're made to memorize these. They're in a handbook. What about your family? Does your family have a mission statement? Does your family have values? Does your family have shared beliefs, things that that you say together, because I'm telling you right now, you do, you just probably don't know what they are, right? Because we, we all have a culture, whether we realize it or not, we are the turtle in the pot, okay? We are living in it day in, day out, so we don't notice that it's there, but there are norms in our family. The question is, are they what you want them to be? So be intentional. For us, this looks like we have ESCA family declarations. Our kids are like, whoa. We have ESCA family declarations, okay? This is something that we started some years ago because of this, because we're like, man, there are things that we say out loud, and I don't know that those are the things we want to say out loud. Like, we want to speak truth over our own lives, right? And so sometimes we have to be reminded of the truth. Sometimes I have to tell myself things to remind myself of what is true. And so we have some ESCA family declarations. Here are a couple of them. I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God. That is one of our ESCA family declarations. We say, I am a son or a daughter of God, and this is my identity. My identity is not found in what I do. My identity is not found in what people think of me. I am a son or a daughter of God, and that is my identity. I am blessed by God. I am content. What I have is enough. We say that one a lot. And when things get difficult and we feel like one of us isn't reflecting this value, we say them out. Sometimes we write them out multiple times because we're going to rehearse the things that we believe are true. Do this for your family. Take some time and sit down and write some declarations for your home, for your family, for, for the people you... Do it for yourself. I'm a personal leadership coach, and I encourage my, my people that I coach, hey, write your own personal mission statement. Know what your core values are. Know what you believe about yourself and say those things every day because the culture has a way of pushing in on us if we do not push back. How do we push back? We're intentional in building a healthy culture in our homes. We also need to create habits to leave a legacy. We create habits to leave a legacy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7 says this. Teach them diligently to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Remember this? Bind them as a sign on your hand, frontlets between your eyes. Write them on the doorpost of your house and your gate. So we know what the truths are, but then what? We build habits around them. 
we build habits around them. There's this quote that I love. It says, we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellent then is not an act, but a habit. We are what we repeatedly do. How do you build habits around the things that create that healthy culture in your home? What does that look like for you? One of our favorite leadership guys, Craig Rochelle, he's a pastor, he says, just choose one a year. Like sometimes when we do this, we get so excited and chomping at the bit, we're like, 10 new family habits. Like here's everything we're gonna do. Like we're gonna have dinner on the table every night by five o'clock and we're gonna sit around and like you all know, like it fades over time, right? Like it gets difficult. Don't bite off more than you can do. What if you just did one? What if like this year, your family said, we're gonna write a note of thanks every single day because we wanna be grateful. We want gratefulness to be a culture in our home. So every day we're just gonna write one thing we're thankful for. We're gonna drop it in a jar and at the end of the year, we're gonna read it. How awesome is that? One simple thing, one simple habit. So make it simple. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. What one habit could you build that would change the culture of your home this year? Could you have family dinner, even once a week, to sit down around the table, put all the devices in a box over on the table, and just eat together and laugh together and talk together? Could you do a game night, a night where, if you're overly competitive, maybe this isn't a great idea, but a game night where you get together and you just enjoy one another? Could you take Saturday night or Sunday morning and take 15 minutes and say, we're going to sit around and we're just going to say, what has God been speaking to you this week? What do you feel challenged with? What have you been reading in your devotions? What is, have you been praying? How's that going? How's your conversation with God going? These habits, it's what builds a culture, right? It's what we repeat that creates the culture that we want to, to have a healthy home. And can I tell you, it is very, very well known that when things get difficult, we fall to the level of our habits, when things get difficult, we don't rise to some new occasion. We fall to the level of our habits, what we practice regularly. And this has been a difficult year, so it's revealed a lot about ourselves. And we can sit around and say, man, stupid COVID and, oh, 2020. Look, this is life. This is just life. And what we've learned about ourselves, we can whine about or we can learn from and we can move on and we can create something healthier on the other side. As God's people, you are the light of the world and the world is looking for light. They are looking for homes that are healthy, that face adversity together and somehow come out on the other side still loving each other. Homes that demonstrate regular practices where they actually enjoy one another and that faith is not something that we hang on our wall. It's something that affects our day-to-day -day lives, how we live, how we love, how we work. It's not super complicated building this healthy culture in our homes. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? Sit down and write it out. What do I want people to say about me, to know about me when I'm gone? How do I pass that on? I don't need to start this when I'm 50 or when I'm 60 or when I'm 70. I wanna start now. Now I wanna know what am I passing on to another generation, whether they're related to me or not. It's creating a culture intentionally. What, 
things do we want to say together? What things do we want to do together? And then it's making that habitual. How do we make that a habit in our home? How do we create some healthy things that we're going to practice and repeat together? So if you would, if you wouldn't mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes. If you're worshiping with us today, whether you're in this room or you are online, the very first step to having a healthy home is following Jesus, is making him the leader of our lives. And let me tell you, the power of one person in a home committing their life to Jesus no matter what. My husband Aaron, when he was in high school, and many of you have heard his testimony, he was getting arrested. A lady came out of her house, came and told him that she didn't know why she was out there in the middle of the night, but she felt like God told her to come out and say, God loves you and he's thinking of you and he sees you. That changed for him. He went home, he recommitted his life to Jesus, said, I don't care what it costs me. And you know what? His family was not following Jesus right then. This legacy of Poppy that we put up on the screens. What if Aaron wouldn't have made that decision? I don't know what effect that would have had, but Aaron decided, one person, one student decided, I'm gonna follow Jesus and his family is different because of it. That's the power of one person committing their life to Jesus. And if that's you, And you're like, I need to do it. I know it's going to be hard, but I want to live in a healthy home. Then I want to pray with you. Would you guys all pray this prayer? Just repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you, and I need your help. I need you to save me. I need you to redeem me. I need you to forgive my sin. I've blown it. I've made mistakes. But I know that you love me in spite of those. So I give you my life. I give you my heart. Come and have your way in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, thank you. And if you prayed that prayer, we have resources and people that we want to to come alongside of you and to walk through this with you. And everyone Everyone in the room and everyone worshiping online, we have just a simple little thing for you to take with you. At the end of each of the rows, there's one of these posters. It's just a simple poster in this family. We give hugs. We're generous. Mistakes are okay. We do second chances. But it's a simple starting point. Take it home. Hang it on your wall. Put it on your fridge. Just don't let it be a decoration, okay? Take this and let it be a beginning, something that you can start from as a family and creating a healthy culture in your home. You can take it to work. You can, if you're single, you wanna put this on your fridge or on your mirror. If you're a student, you wanna put it in your room. This is just, again, a way for us to have a focus as a family in creating a healthy culture in our homes. So you can take one of those. If there's not one on your row, there's a box at the back. You can grab one on your way out. But let me pray over all of us this morning. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for this reminder that, God, life can get really difficult, but you created families. You ordained families, Lord, as this group of people for us to live life with. And though it's difficult and challenging, it is the way you've designed us to live. And so we know you have a purpose and a plan in it. Help us, Lord, to think beyond just our own lives into leaving a legacy for generations to come. Help us to be intentional 
with creating healthy culture in our homes. Help us, God, to build healthy habits. God, to not just slide into what the culture has given us, but to follow the instructions from your word that we know are so wise and that will lead us and guide us as we strive to be a light to the world. God, we surrender our lives and our families and our homes to you, and we ask you to please have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, we're glad that you're able to join us today. And as you're reflecting on this message, think through what are some family cultures that you want to live out in your family. Come up with one or two specific things that are going to define how you live with your family. Write them down. Keep them in front of you somewhere so that you can remind each other all the time that this is how we want to live. Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new, and we want to help you grow. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co.